Good Friday afternoon to your family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. Today we're studying 2 Corinthians 12 9. I hope you'll join us for this fantastic discussion. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship without a sail thou lens wind and water stand by me heavenly father today has been a tumultuous day for many while we can see your kindness and your grace and your mercy and compassion all around us for some of us life is giving us more than we can bear while we know that you say Abba that you won't give us more than we can bear or at least that's what the songs will try to tell us or say to us We just come before you today with hearts that are varied, hearts that are full of joy and peace and hearts that are full of pain and grief. Many of us during this seasons of our life have faced many different trials. While that, oh Lord, is not necessarily new because you never promised us ease and leisure and life filled with rose gardens. Yet for some of us, we've had to stir up our spirit and remind ourselves of your great love while we're standing at the casket for mama and standing at the casket and making preparations for our father or burying a spouse or burying a child or when the doctor has come to us and said that there is nothing else that can be done. We come to you, oh God, today with a heart that is very, their hearts that are in our community, in our circles of influence that are heavy, people that are just don't know what to do. While all they have is silence, all they have is tears. We just beseech you and come to you, oh God, seeking comfort for those that are brokenhearted and down in their spirit, for those that are lost, for those that can't see a way out of the experience, the perspective of what is going on. Because, oh God, it's a dark, dark place. It's hard to see what you're doing here in the ruins and where this will lead. But when we look through our experiences and through the years, we can look in this moment and see your hand because you hold everything in your hand. We can testify to the battles that you've won, how you are our reward, how you are our portion, that we can testify the places that we have gone, the seas that we have crossed, the waters that you Abba parted that we can remind ourselves and tell our situation and experience in the darkness that we may be facing that our God Abba spirit does not fail when we don't have an answer when we don't have a strategy when we don't have a solution we can know from our very spirit from our very heart from our very life that you don't fail 
that you are with us, that there is no space, no place that we can go in which your love does not already reside, that we are in your presence, that we have you and we just lean on that. We grab a hold of that and ask, oh, oh Lord, that you help us carry that moment to moment, millisecond to millisecond, that you will strengthen each and every one of us that we can cast our care we can cast our thought we can surrender our heart we can surrender our mind we can surrender our spirit to you oh god and wait on you to strengthen us help us today oh god help us today get through the moment to moment those that are here oh god that hear this prayer or in their life wherever they may be we just trust you we just thank you for sustaining us. We ask that you help continue sustaining us, that you continue carrying us moment to moment, that whatever we're facing today, we just sit with it and lament. We hold space for those that are lamenting. Whatever that is, we lament with them. We just cast what they're facing before you and just wait with the belief that you answer because you're the God that sees you're the God that hears you're the God as the elders would say that you reach down in the pit excuse me when we're on a mountain you're there too when we're up high and it's joyous and wonderful and everything goes well you're there too we just remind ourselves of that and we just ask that you continue to help those that are experiencing all of those things. And if there is something that we, your vessels, can do to be of service, to be of help, to be of comfort, help us walk out and move and do it and be it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Today, as I told you, we would be looking at Second uh, Corinthians 12, 9. And I'm going to my notes because I took some of the text for today. 1 Corinthians 12, 9 reads, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. You know, when we look at 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 10, we find that it contains Paul's description of astonishing experience. Paul had been had this experience where he was transported in some sense to the third heaven or paradise where he received an unspeakable uh not yeah that's right unspeakable revelation from God yet Paul was not allowed to reveal this revelation to others so God sent um Paul an unspecified thorn in the flesh or stake in the flesh yet scripture doesn't explain whether this was something physical whether it was emotional or connected to something else all it tells us is that it caused Paul to cry out to God repeatedly for relief. Somehow Paul came to understand that God's answer to his request for relief or removing it was a clear and permanent no. 
More so, God proclaimed that his grace was fully capable of providing everything Paul needed to endure suffering. God told Paul that his power is made perfect in weakness. Paul has written that he would uh, only boast in his weaknesses. And now he adds enthusiasm that he will boast gladly about his weakness, including this thorn in his uh, flesh. Two questions, two words. Jot them down if you can that I want you to think about and reflect and uh, write down. What lessons does this verse teach us? What lessons does this verse teach us to? How does it apply to daily life? Two words that we're going to look at are sufficient and weakness. In this sentence, my grace is sufficient. Did you know that the Greek word for sufficient here is archaei? And what this word implies is endurance, strength, satisfaction. The scripture highlights Paul's experience, yet weakness is mentioned as well. And also something of interest to me is the fact that weakness is probably mentioned at least 54 or more times in the Bible. Different contexts, but what it does say when we see repetition in my mind, heart, and spirit is that weakness is something that we will all face. I mean, think about it. In our daily life, weakness can sometimes be synonymous with cruelty, cowardice, poor character. If it's described in uh, stories, at least, you know, there's also the fact that weak people are described with attributes of venality and cheapness and bitterness, small or mean. Yet the truth is, we all have weakness and vulnerabilities. It's also true that we don't deal with weakness well, which is odd considering that we will have to deal with it so often. While we should have coping strategies for it, traditionally our only management technique is to pretend that it isn't happening in some cases people me you us we can deny a weakness in us we can attempt to remove it to cut it out we insist on seeing weakness and strength as um and or strength well weakness as a progression on a line on a graph moving from negative to positive, given that mindset moving backward on that graph can only be seen as negative. You know, and the truth for today is it's okay to accept vulnerability in ourselves. The fact is God, Abba, chose to work with the weak. Abba has a history and an inclination to select what some would and have referred to as the most inappropriate people to exercise himself spirit through. I mean, Jesus hung out with tax collectors, prostitutes, <clears throat> excuse me, the destitute and the poor because those were the people that need him, that welcomed him into their homes. The so-called strong <clears throat> Pharisees and Sadducees, the elders of the synagogue and their Roman leaders wanted nothing to do with him for the most part. The so-called strong and Pharisees and like I said, they, they wanted nothing to do with him. I lost my place. Forgive me. Because they were 
uh they wanted nothing to do with him for the most part because they were suspicious of christ's teachings maybe it was because they were feared uh losing their grip on the position and authority the strong which is what they were supposedly represented at the time had yet none of these people sadducees and pharisees didn't act like people that were in a secure place in life and that that's part of the strength of weakness it's the admission the terrifying thought that it can be for us to get to do it you know when we think about it you know abba often extends his, his hands to us in our weakest moments the father is empowering us to become greater than we are he sets loose an actualizing spirit in us to display our potential to us to have us achieve things that we've been told were outside of our reach think about it this way when paul uh, says uh, in verse in our verse today therefore i will boast all about my weakness i mean a quick question would be why would you do that that's because strength in the spirit is not the same as strength in the world oftentimes when i say world i can mean life in general because oftentimes when people say strength sometimes i believe people you know romanticize strength that you always have to be strong that you always have to have it together those things are tied to strong we applaud it in ways and while it's good to be strong it sometimes that weight of other people's interpretation and ways that they romanticize it can cause problems in the fact that people falter under under being strong as well as resenting hating uh, despising the fact that weakness happens as well yet strength in the spirit means accepting weakness relinqu relinquishing control opening instead of closing wouldn't it be easy to look at this scripture and say i just don't get why abba wouldn't remove the thorn i mean there are many of us in our lives and our experiences present past and any time they can definitely think you know uh we really did wish that because there are things that we have in our life that we ask what's a better way for abba to show our spirit to show great love or favor toward us than by removing the trial from our path or thorn and or thorn from our foot but the fact in reality is that the unwillingness to face adversity removes any possibility of entering the crucible through which actual change can occur. True. Sometimes we are delivered from our circumstances. Christ like that. A deliverer. Sometimes, however, we are set free from within our circumstances. Weakness is a strength in the spirit. We must learn how to turn our weakness into a joyful vulnerability. And I think that in displaying weakness, our admissions of powerlessness and helplessness, we are actually displaying our spiritual strength of a kind that sometimes life, world, it just can't be matched. We get to learn to be glad about our weaknesses. They're not bad things. They're not things that are terrible because 
these weaknesses allow us to move into a position of maturity in Christ that might not have been possible without them. Think about it this way. When you get uh, time, check out Judges 3.15 in the Amplified Bible Classic Version, which reads, But when the Israelites cried to the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer, Ehud, son of Jerah, uh, or Gera, a Benjamite. I hope I said that right. A left-handed man. Interesting thing about Ehud is... <clears throat> It was one of the most significant, Ehud was a significant left-hander, southpaw, as they would call it. Why is that important? Because the victory became, Ehud's victory became the Benjamites' signature story, buried deep within their consciousness. Most of us tend to ignore our non-dominant hands. I mean, why bother when using our strong hands is so much easier, so much better. We let our weak hand we, we let our weak hands atrophy. But how you handle your weak hand affects more than your present task. It affects the next generation. Ehud didn't just deliver the Israelites from the Moabites. He inspired generations of Benjamites. His bravery wasn't just their breakthrough. It became their signature story. What's my point? Abba wants to use us at our greatest point of giftedness. That's a given. Abba's the one that gave us the gifts in the first place. The gifts and the call come without come without repentance. But God also wants to use us at our greatest points of weakness. Many of us struggle with fathoming this idea because when we're feeling weak or weary, all of the above, both. We assume that God can't use us until we are strong again. But that's the wrong way to think. Stop thinking that. Stop saying that to yourself. What if the moments of weakness are lessons? When God wants to shine his light, show his power, surround you with his strength. Because Abba sees us as we are, as we were, as we could and will be. Abba knows that we are strongest at the weakest places, at the broken places. Why? Because Christ's power becomes obvious in those weakest places. I encourage you today to rethink weakness. Specifically think about what weakness feels especially dominant in your life right now. How might God use that weakness to encourage you as well as to inspire others. Be so kind as to let us know and we'll continue to pray with and for you. Encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com. And I wish you a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I say that with a heavy heart, knowing there are a lot of people that are bearing a lot of things today. Know that we love you deeply and are always here to pray with and for you and stand with and beside you. You be blessed. You have a great, great rest of your day and weekend. Peace. This is Pastor Chris. Have a great one.